You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams, Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. And uh, it's time for that last show before the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, uh, number five, Georgia, against number eight, Florida. Uh, this is going to be a big one, man. There's so much on the line. There usually is. And, and uh, this one is pretty much, without being officially this game, it's the SEC East Championship game. Whoever wins this is almost certainly going to win the SEC East. I really don't see another way it's going to shake out, to be honest with you, considering the schedules that are left. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the game, uh, share those first, because um, I talk about maybe some key matchups that, that we're really keeping an eye on. Um, touch on one other game in the SEC because of, uh, you know, just some of the Georgia ties involved with it and how big it is for, for at least one team in, the, in that game. And uh, then we're going to make our picks. But, uh, Rusty, going to start with you, man. Do it every week. How have your thoughts kind of unfolded as the week has gone on? Oh, man. Obviously, uh, you know, yesterday was kind of an off day for me as well. Um, like everybody else, kind of pay attention to the election. But you know what's going on here with our jobs, and this is a huge game, and the injuries. Um, I look forward as we record this, Jake, a little bit before your report tonight and uh, on Wednesday evening or a practice report and kind of what I hear, what you hear, we'll put some pieces together because I certainly think uh, this game, the injuries and how and who can play certainly, um, you know, go into this game. And, you know, Georgia, Florida is that game for me every year where you kind of turn towards, okay, don't get, don't let me sound weird on this, but it kind of turned toward the holidays. This is the end of, that that last stretch of football's coming. You start thinking about the holidays, November, December, bowl games, family get-togethers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that kind of the end of the fall for me, and kind of you start focusing on okay, games are are, are really really important now. And Jake, you hit her on the head. I mean, this is this is for all the marbles. Um, this is a game that uh, was Kirby Smart three and zero versus Dan Mullen, uh, Mississippi State, and two. Am I correct? Two at uh, Georgia, uh, Florida. So. You know, certainly wants to keep that streak going. And there's some recruits. You're talking about Xavier Sori, Terry and Arnold. Georgia's in some Smile Mundins, a little bit of Florida, maybe. Um, you know, there's some some recruiting battles, some side stories on this. But end of the day, this Georgia, Florida, it's a huge game. And I'm with you, Jake. This thing is going to settle the East, and the winner is in the driver's seat. Kip, uh, uh, you're next, man. What 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 have you kind of how have your thoughts thoughts kind of unfolded as the week has gone on? Well, every year we know, I mean, since Kirby Smart got here and, you know, before he got here with Mark Rick, the expectations for Georgia, obviously, were to get to the SEC championship game every year. And, I mean, that's the pressure. It, it just comes with a job. I know that that's not going away. Uh, win or lose this weekend, I mean, obviously a, a win would be – would basically lock that up uh, for Kirby Smart and, and give him four straight trips. But I think that if we're talking about which program has more pressure on it to win this game, I mean, I still think it's Florida. Just because 
the fact that you have this I mean he's going to be most likely an all all conference quarterback in Kyle Trask and you have a potential first round pick at tight end in Kyle Pitts you know when you have the explosive offense that you've been looking for that Florida's been looking for since I mean since Tim Tebow was there and if you don't make it to the SEC championship with that I mean that's going to put a lot of heat on Dan Mullen and just where he's trying to get that program with Georgia in the end I mean all the chips are kind of placed on a quarterback who walked you know who opted out of the season before the season and they are playing with their fourth string quarterback right now who they thought was going to be their fourth string quarterback coming into the season and so then they're going to be down you know several starters on defense i think that right now you look at georgia's roster i mean it's still a, a stacked a deep roster but I mean, it feels like Dan Mullen has to win this game right now. He's, I mean, Kirby's had his number, like Rusty said, since he was a, an assistant and as a head coach. At this point, I mean, if if you're going to beat Georgia, this this is the year, and that's what they've kind of said all offseason. It really builds up to it right now. And I think there are several matchups we can talk about in this game that are going to kind of be pivotal that could decide this game. But just coming into the – Coming the week and where we are now, you know, Georgia's getting some guys potentially back and everything, but I still think like the pressure is on Dan Mullen to win this game. And and I just think that's a storyline that, you know, we'll be talking about based on the outcome is, you know, this is a game that Florida has the momentum as far as this health and how they're playing and in the you know, just kind of the eye test. We tend to gravitate toward the offenses and and that offense is is performing very well right now so I mean that that goes into Florida's favor but at the same time like I said if he's gonna if Dan Mullen's gonna win this is the year for him to win and so I just think you know that that is something I'm watching watching to see how he coaches this game does I mean we've seen coaches that kind of get into a, a show a little bit during the game and kind of uh, you know maybe not coach scared but maybe a little tentative uh, and I think that could play a role in this game. It's just how does Dan Mullen call this game? Does he try to do something differently than he's done the previous three years? And, you know, with this quarterback tight end combo, if he can't get to Atlanta, I mean, that has to be considered a a failure overall for their expectations on the season. And they were a top 10 program coming into the year as well. And, and they have their guy at quarterback and they have a premier pass catcher. So, they don't have the same questions that Georgia has. So, you know, I, I don't think that's really something that plays in the Kirby Smart's favor at all, but it could play into Dan Mullen's detriment based on how Saturday goes. You know, uh, Thomas Goldcamp, who covers Florida for us, and, and uh, I were on the College Football Daily podcast um, today, and, and one, one of the things that he brought up, and I thought it was a really good point, is, you know, I, listen, I, I don't really buy into this whole um, – you know, get three in a row and, and you really change things or anything like that. You just never know how it's going to pan out. It all depends on how you lose, if you lose, all that stuff. Um, but but Thomas had a good point when he said, it feels like if not now, then when? And, and I do think that is the pressure that's kind of facing Florida in this game. I really do. And 
Um, another thing I look at, too, are the lines of scrimmage. I think Georgia has a little bit of an advantage on both. Even if Jordan Davis is unable to play, I think Georgia, with those edge rushers, with those defensive ends, with Devontae Wyatt, with Jalen Carter, I think Georgia can win the line of scrimmage because Florida Florida's not doing it with smoke and mirrors up front, but that's not an elite offensive line. I would, I would put it right now in the same category as the Tennessee's and Auburn. Um, but probably maybe a little bit better than Auburn. Maybe not quite as talented as Tennessee, but more experienced. Um, so, so I'm interested to see how that plays out. But, but you know, that, those are the two things I've really focused on this week is, is, you know, since we recorded that podcast and we recorded it yesterday and then it aired today, uh, that's been on my mind a lot is, you know, if, you, if you're Dan Mullen, if not now, when Georgia's unsettled at quarterback or not necessarily unsettled but not really at, at its peak uh, at quarterback and you've got all these defensive injuries, then win. And uh, I think that, that a loss would put some pressure on him uh, on the recruiting trail more than anything because all of a sudden that narrative that it takes elite talent and, and you know, great elite talent beats elite coaching or great coaching, um, that narrative kind of gets furthered and, and, and there's only one place for Dan Mullen to go at that point, and that's to recruit better. And I think that puts some pressure on it there as well. Uh, guys, let's talk about key matchups real quick. Um, Rusty, where are you looking in this game from a Georgia standpoint? Where, where do, if Georgia wins this battle, it gives itself the best chance to win? Running the ball, and I don't care who it makes who mad. What I think the last Jake, you'll probably know. I think the last thirteen games, the team that's rushed the ball uh, the most yards and won this game, 12, 13, something like that. Um, everything that goes into this. Uh, with keeping Florida on the sidelines is running the football. What Georgia did and had success against Alabama was running the football. We don't have to go back on why they stopped. We don't know that, but I know this. If Georgia runs the football this weekend against Florida and does it successfully and they have you know X amount of yards, possession of time, does not turn the ball over, Georgia has a really, really good chance of winning this football game, and they certainly could have a situation to where they're not having to have Stetson Bennett throw the ball 40 times or choosing to have Stetson Bennett throw the ball 40 times. That's not success for them. Um, What is it today? I saw Georgia, if they score 30 points or more under Kirby Smart, if they score over 31 points for Kirby Smart, they're 29-1. and If the opposing team scores 30 or more, they're one in seven with the Rose Bowl being the only win. So the point, the the total is 30. Both sides, Georgia has to get to 30. They've got to score 31 points. Ball control, uh, get after Florida up front. I think they can run the ball in Florida. I like some of the matchups. If George Pickens plays, I like that even better. So uh, a talking point to me, it's simple. It's not sexy, and maybe you don't want to hear it. But if Georgia lines up and plays smash mouth, run it down Florida's throat, it could lead to a lot of success and a W Saturday night. I don't think there's any real way to disagree with that at all. Uh, that's probably where I would have gone to. Um, I, I've got another little thought on it as well. Kip, where are you at on this? Where Key matchup, what are you watching? What does Georgia need to do to give itself the best chance to win? Convert third downs. I think – you know, everyone – third and Grantham gets mentioned so many times with, with that defense, but it it has been the key to Florida's downfalls and the games they lose. I think I read a stat where the, the last two times Florida's lost, their defense has allowed 
opponents to convert. I think it was 24 or 33 uh, first downs. But then in their two losses to Georgia, they they've allowed they allowed the dogs to convert 20 of 32 on third down. And I just think that that is the that is the key issue there with that defense, you know, just getting off the field now, you know, can Georgia convert that, you know, with what, what they have on offense right now? I think that, that's kind of the key right now in this game. If Florida is going to try to win this game, they have to change how they've performed on third down against Georgia. And I think that, you know, Todd Monken's going to know that Florida likes to, you know, that they, 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 their detriment is, is long time consuming drives. Again, just like the Kentucky game, limiting the number of possessions in the game. And the best way to beat Florida is to not give Caltras the football. So while Georgia's offense hasn't been elite and, and really any f- overall fashion this year, it does do a good job controlling controlling the clock. I, and they're a top 25, I think, team in converting on third down. And they're in the top 25 as, just as far as like third down success rate. And Florida, they have not been good on third down defense. As I said before, they're, they're out of 103 teams, they're 92nd on third down defense this year. They've surrendered first downs on 49% of their third downs this year. So I think Georgia's uh, run game is the key here. I mean, they, they have to stay on task there and and continue to commit to that run game and just choose your spots downfield. I think that Florida, as this game goes on, is going to at some point sell out against the run. And I think play action is going to be key in this game. How well can Georgia perform in play action when they need to? Uh, I mean, they their, their ground game is coming off a strong performance against Kentucky. They're going to challenge a Florida team that they haven't set the edge well this year for the most part. And their first half of, of this football game, they're going to be without their best defensive lineman, Zachary Carter, because he was suspended for that uh, halftime brawl in Missouri. I think that, I mean, you know, you have a defensive coordinator in Tom Grantham who has not played man against Georgia and and just hoped his defense would eventually get a stop and is just trying not to risk a big play. This is a, This is a game where, Stetson Bennett's going to have to beat man, you know, he's going to have to beat coverage over the top. And so I, I think that in this game, I mean, play action with Stetson Bennett and, and James Cook, that could really, really expose some some warts in Florida's defense and, and give Georgia a chance to to have some big explosive plays and and uh, and give their defense a chance to rest. And, and time, time of possession could be, again, second week in a row, uh, the key point in this game. I want to make a quick point here real quick. Uh, you know, Todd Grantham's in his third straight year facing Georgia. Dan Mullen is too. You go back to the 2017 Mississippi State game. And, you know, you got to think Todd Grantham's feeling pretty good that Jake Fromm's not a quarterback right now because say what you will about Jake Fromm, okay? And, and he's kind of a polarizing figure in Georgia circles. He ate Todd Grantham's defenses alive. 
I mean, year after year, as a freshman, sophomore, uh, uh, junior, third down, big plays, you name it, touchdown passes. I mean, he lit Florida up and and lit Mississippi State up that year too. So, um, you know, I know he's probably glad he doesn't have to deal with that with Steve Stetson Bennett can kind of keep that magic going. I, I do think the more I think about the game, I do think Stetson is kind of kind of due for a rebound type game to, to what he showed more of against Arkansas, Auburn, second half, or, or kind of the middle portion of the Tennessee game, uh, first half against Alabama. Th- there are examples out there of Georgia getting better quarterback play than it's got the past six quarters. It's not like it's it hasn't been there at all. Um, and, and taking care of the football is going to be huge. Uh, you know, th- that one's obvious, the, the taking care of the football. But I'm going to go to Florida's run game because – with that passing attack, I don't think I don't think it's going to be enough just for Georgia to win the rush the 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 run game battle. You know, if Georgia wins at one seventy five to one thirty or one seventy five to one fifty, I don't think that's quite enough. I think Georgia's going to have to do a really good job against Florida's run game. That's going to be a tall task with Jordan Davis out. And if Jordan Davis does indeed not play, Jordan Davis is going to at least be limited. Um, you know, you're without another body there. I do think the defensive injuries are big, but maybe a, being a little bit overplayed because when when you thought it was going to be Lewis seen in there as well, then that was a big one. Um, but right now, you know, you look at you know Jordan Davis and 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 uh, and Richard LeCount as being the big ones. I think Monty Rice is going to be fine. I think Lewis Seen's going to be fine. I think Quay Walker's got a chance to play. Um, but but ultimately, I think Georgia's going to have to do a really good job against Florida's run game. And the Gators love running the ball on the edge, and so Georgia's going to have to do a good job with that. And, and not allow any explosives there, or, or it gets really tough uh, for, for them to limit uh, Florida uh, as far as the scoreboard goes. Let's jump into a break here real quick. We're going to talk about one SEC game on the other side, and then the picks are coming. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys. I think most Georgia fans know where I would go with this. Two former Georgia assistant coaches facing each other in the SEC. Arkansas, I believe at Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. I had it pulled up earlier, but then I had to jump off and do something. Yes, uh, sorry, Tennessee at Arkansas, 7.30, Saturday night. Um, Rusty, this this one has like season implications no doubt. for Jeremy Pruitt and company, big and, time. And probably Sam Pittman as well, because correct me, Kip may know, Jake, you may know, there's no requirements for bowl games, right? They can take, because of the amount of teams playing, they can take who they want. Um, and if, I, if that's correct, there's no question that I would imagine everyone, maybe not Vandy, but everyone else is going to go to a bowl this year. Uh, and this is one of those games where you turn around and how, you know, Sam Pittman or somebody ends up in the Gator Bowl. And you're like, well, how did that happen? But this is a huge game, I think, for Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee. I think it's a big game for Sam Pittman. I think it's another big game for those guys. But, um, yeah, you're right, man. This one this one right here. Now, 
I will say that Texas A&M game, Arkansas, you, you look at those things, t- Arkansas, Tennessee has been off. You get time to rest. You get time to work on things, get some people healthy, those types of things. Then you look at Arkansas, who plays a night game at Texas A&M, probably got home, you know, three, two or three o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning, you got to turn right back around and get ready for Tennessee. Um, you know, they don't you don't talk about those things a lot, but that's kind of a it's kind of a big deal in this. But um, you know, look, the way Arkansas has scored and their defense is pretty dang good under Barry Odom. Felipe Franks has been a very quiet story. I don't think people have really paid attention to what Kendall Browse has done with Felipe Franks. He's 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 had by far his best year. Uh, played really good the other night. I think he had three touchdowns, no picks. I, I, I believe against Texas A&M, they just didn't have enough bullets to to outscore them or stop them enough. They certainly was in that game. Obviously, everybody knows what they should have done and what happened early in the season. But I'm telling you, if I'm Tennessee, this this game is massive, massive. Are we picking this game? Or we're just talking about it. Uh, we, I mean, you can pick it if you want to. Oof, I, I'll I'll go with Arkansas at home here. I'll go with Arkansas and. Uh, I think it'd be. A, I think it's going to be a great game to watch. Good close football game, I think. But um, for whatever reason, man, Sam Pittman's got those guys playing uh, out of their minds and playing. They play so hard, and Felipe Franks has really, really done a good job there. So until Tennessee, to me, shows they can get the consistent quarterback play, and I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. These tight games, man, are, are going to be tough on them. And um, I'll, I'll take I'll take Arkansas in a very, very close, very, very good football game. Rust, Rusty, when I look at this game, man, uh, so Tennessee has lost two in a row, all right? They had this past week off. Um, I'm sorry, they've lost three in a row. If they lose this game, it is very, very possible, if not probable, that they end the season losing seven out of eight games. That's that's going to be tough, man. That's going to be tough for a team that had a little eight-game win streak going, feeling real good about themselves, and then you drop eight out of um, seven out of eight games. You go three and three and seven, and and you know, yeah, that, that they've got a chance to get a ranked win there. But after Arkansas, they've got number seven, eight Texas A&M at Auburn, number twenty-four at Vandy, which they'll win, and then at home against Florida, number eight, there on December the fifth. What you just said, Jake is a 1,000% reason why they'll never, ever, unless we have a pandemic, have an all-SEC schedule again. They just, they just, just, It's just not happening. And, you know, the fans love it. We, we, I love it. You get to watch good ball. These teams and coaches hate this. So what you just talked about, the gauntlet Tennessee's about to finish on, that emphasizes even more how important this game is because you're right. They got one more sure win there, and they've got three very, very tough games past this Arkansas game uh, to end the season. So, man, Tennessee, they did not they did them no favors with their schedule. And, again, it comes down to quarterback play at Tennessee. I, I've said it in every interview I've ever done. Jeremy Pruitt can recruit. I think he can coach. I think he can win some games. But it comes down to quarterback play, and right now they're just not getting it. Yeah, and, and if you lose four in a row, um, as much respect as I have for Jeremy Pruitt as a football coach and 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 know some of those guys that were on that staff, uh, the quit factor comes into play at that point with, with what you've got left. Lose five in a row, it gets even bigger, all that stuff. Kip, any take on that game? 
Well, I, I think it's one of those something's got to give type of games because Arkansas has allowed, I think, 200 or more uh, passing yards in four of the last five games, but Tennessee's passing attack hasn't hit 200 yards in three of the last four games. So I, I think if, if Tennessee's just trying to take the easy, the easy passes, the short-range passes, they don't, if they're not in situations where they have to really take chances, I mean, they have a chance. But the problem is, is that Tennessee can't – they haven't been able to sustain long drives. They can't convert third downs. They're, they're the worst in the conference. It's like 25.8, 25.9% on their third down conversions. As I said before, I got, that's huge. And I think that the one thing that Arkansas needs to do better in this game is, once again, you know, time of possession. But I think – Tennessee is even worse in that regard. I think it's like 25, 26 minutes a game. And I think it's a situation where while Arkansas's, you know, offense hasn't been, uh, you know, ha- hasn't been outstanding. I think Tennessee's just in a situation where they are not playing good football. Uh, I think that, you know, Arkansas is going to be able to stop the run when they need to. Um, and I think Arkansas's run game will be the difference in this game. I think, they had over 220 yards uh, rushing and receiving against Texas A&M. Uh, I think that that momentum they have with their ground attack is is going to be the difference in this game because Tennessee is uh, – their defense is all right, but it hasn't really stopped anyone when they needed to. So I think it'll be a really close game throughout, and I think that Arkansas's defense has just enough to to win that time of possession battle and – Arkansas wins by a field goal, you know, maybe uh, 27, uh, 27, 24, something like that. Uh, I don't think it'll be the the prettiest game, but as you guys said, um, we give Sam Pippen another uh, big momentum win and, you know, it'll get a, it, things will get a little bit more, you know, heated in, in Tennessee because this was kind of that momentum year for Jeremy Pruitt, the year where he kind of, you know, get some progress and the SEC becomes competitive. And that quote about him, you know, it being closing the gap with Alabama, you lose a tough one to Arkansas that, that would definitely just remind people of, of maybe how off that quote was. All right, guys, it's time to make some picks and uh, I'm going to go first today. I'm gonna let rusty bat uh, clean up and it's really third, but we'll call it clean up. And then Kip, you're going to come right here in between us. Uh, and, and I'm going first for a reason. Uh, you know, listen, I, I've, I've thought about this game a lot this week. Like, I've looked at a lot of the numbers, and, and I definitely see a path to victory for Georgia. Um, I like Georgia's ground game against Florida. I, I'm a little concerned uh, for on Georgia's end that, that they're going to have some problems with the run game and limiting explosive plays uh, with Richard LeCount out. And, uh, you know, I think if you're going to play a team like Florida, you're going to need to create a turnover to kind of give your defense a chance to, to uh, give your offense a chance, a short field, especially when Georgia's limited like it has been on offense lately. Um, you know, so I, I think, and, and having LeCount out hurts there because he's been involved in so many of those over the past two years. Um, so I, I, Florida's my pick. I, I'm not even going to have a player of the game because I'm picking the opposing team. I'm, I think the Gators are going to win 24 20. And uh, I think it's going to be kind of a late, 
drive, uh, uh, kind of like Florida had last year, basically, where, uh, you know, they put together, I think it was a 17-play drive there late, and uh, Georgia wasn't able to stop, and then Georgia got the ball back and, and never gave it back to Florida. And But I, I think it's going to be a drive like that that kind of does Georgia in in this year's game. And uh, But I will say this. I firmly believe that – well, I wouldn't say firmly believe, but I firmly kind of expect a little bit of a bounce-back game from the quarterback position at Georgia. And I think we're going to see a better Stetson Bennett, a better better quarterback play, however it plays out. And I haven't really heard it's going to be anything other than Stetson Bennett. Uh, but I do think Georgia's going to get a little bit more solid play from that position. But um, ultimately, the the you know, you got to finish drives, and, and I just don't think Georgia's going to finish enough of them, and I don't think they're going to get the turnover they need. Uh, Kip, what you got? I mean, there, there's there's a lot of merit in that. I think that, I mean, with the with the way that Cal Trask is playing, and we kind of saw it earlier. You know, when Georgia played Alabama, it was uh, you know an outstanding offense versus an outstanding defense, and we kind of saw which way that particular matchup went. You know, went the offense's favor, which it seems to do that more often than not these days, and, and so. I mean, I completely see that without LeCount there. You know, I think that there are going to be some some hiccups in the passing game, but I think the key for Georgia will be putting pressure on Kyle Trask. And I think that this is kind of a, you know, a money game for Aziz Ojolari. And I think that just that that group they have with him, with Jermaine Johnson, with, with Nolan Smith, with Adam Anderson, I think it's a group that's going to have success uh, you know, putting the heat on Kyle Trask, forcing him into bad decisions, which could very well play in Georgia's favor in the turnover battle. And I also think this is, this is a huge game uh, for Nicobe Dean. I think that, you know, this is the type of game where you could see him really, you know, whether they're having put, you know, putting him on Kyle Trask to, to make sure he doesn't break free or just, you know, establishing the, you know, attacking the run game and making sure that Kadarius Tony doesn't break one outside. I, I think this is going to be a, a huge game for him, sets up very well for his skill set. And I, I think that, you know, Georgia in the end, they're going to have more success in the passing game than than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I, I think that it sets and Bennett sets up well to have, you know, a, a fairly strong performance. And I, Georgia still has an outstanding defense. I, I think that Florida's defense has been questionable. I mean, they've given up over 200 yards uh, in all four games. They've only made one interception. And and so I think this sets up, as you said, for Stetson Bennett to have one of his better games, maybe his best game of the season. He's going to keep the chains moving, uh, limit those mistakes, and, and kind of make Kirby Smart look good when he talks about you know, which quarterback gives him the best chance to win. I, I think this is one of those bounce back games for him. Georgia dominates the time of possession and does just enough to keep Kyle Trask and, and, and that, you know, the Florida offense off the field. My player of the game will be Aziz Ojolari. I think he gets in the backfield often and makes a couple game changing plays, you know, maybe ca causes a fumble uh, coming, you know, come from the blind side. And, and I think Georgia wins this game. 28 to 24. All right, Rusty, you're up. Man, can I can I get a mulligan or I have to do it this week? You got, you got a mulligan a last week. You got a swing, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to take a swing on this one. Um, Kip, that was a hell of a breakdown. Um, 
very detailed, very deep and agree with every bit of that. Obviously, you know, I think we all know, I think the Georgia fan base knows it's all about the offense in this game. And it's can Georgia take advantage of those situations because Grantham, we all know, is going to bring the house. He's going to leave a lot of one-on-one coverage. Um, Jake Fromm has been – Jake Fromm was tremendously successful on third downs. He made some really big throws. The throw he made at the end of the game last year with two minutes to go uh, won the game. I mean, it was third down. It was a it was a all-out cover zero. They brought the house. He made the right read, made a good play to uh, Eli Wolf, and the rest was history. So we know that Florida's offense is really, really good. I was just looking – uh, at Florida's offense. So let's go with Florida. They scored 51 at Ole Miss, 38 uh, South Carolina. They scored 38 in a loss at Texas A&M, and they scored 41 on Missouri. Nobody has shut them down. Nobody has slowed them down really much at all. They got outscored and had some things happen at Texas A&M, but uh, they scored 38 in a loss on the road at Texas A&M. So it tells you um, where they average in close to 40 per game, a little over 40 now uh, per game. So it's about the offense. Can Georgia stop them? Can Georgia score enough? We know the points, the magic number is 30 for Georgia, under 30 on defense, over 30 on offense for the Georgia Bulldogs under Kirby Smart. Um, there's going to be here, – here's the thing. I like everything about Kyle Trask. I think he is – I think he's – Tremendously smart. He's got a big arm. He makes a lot of great decisions. The one thing I'll say about Kyle Trask, he's not the most mobile guy. And when you face a Georgia defense and you can't move, now I'll say this about Mac Jones. He wasn't the most athletic dude. Mac Jones had probably one of the best games I've seen in a long time other than Joe Burrow against a Georgia defense. He dropped some balls in some spots that were impossible to cover, and he had some freak shows making plays. Now, Florida doesn't have Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddup. They got Kyle Pitts, who's the biggest mismatch in college football. How Georgia matches up with him, I don't know. I do think going along with what Kipps kind of talked about with Zizo Jalari, Georgia's going to get to him. Now, Jordan Davis got to him last year. Z's got to him. He turned the ball over a couple times. They pressured him into some throws. I just think with Georgia's defense, and you got a quarterback that wants to stand in that pocket, they're going to bring a lot of pressure on him. Those N'Kobe Deans coming, those Adam Andersons coming on the third down, pass rushing, those types of things. If Georgia can stop Florida and make them as much one-dimensional as they do not want to be, uh, and not let Florida run the ball. I just think Georgia finds a way. Now, listen, Georgia is ext- – I don't – at this time, I don't think Jordan Davis is going to play. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. It's going to be big if he can because that guy makes things different behind him for everybody else. And it also dictates what Florida is going to do uh, offensively with protections and trying to move him. Now, Richard LeCount not playing. How does Georgia defend them? Pitts is a man, and he is a mismatch. And Tyreek Stevenson, somebody's got to body him up because he's just so – it's a six six dude that's a wide receiver. That's what he is. And he runs so fluid in his ball skills. It's just – there's a reason he'll be a top 15 pick because of who he is. So uh, I just think that Georgia is going to find a way, somehow, some way. They're going to block a punt. 
They're going to run one back. They're going to get a pick six. Something is going to help them where it's a non-offensive score, and it's going to get them to 31. I'm going to go Georgia 31, and I'm going to go Florida 30, and it's going to be a hell of a game, and it's going to be a nail-biter, and it's going to be one of those that your fingernails, there's nothing left on your fingernails for Georgia fans, and it's going to come down to the end like it has several times between these two teams. But somehow, some way, Georgia's defense is going to find a way to make one more stop when they need to, and I think they're going to get a non-offensive touchdown some way, and they're going to win 31-30. to All right, I'm the bad guy. Uh, I'll be the bad guy this week. And, uh, you know, I, I will say this. If Jordan Davis plays, there's that – there's always that factor, that guy who finds a way to play when you don't think he's going to play, and he ends up playing pretty well. And uh, if that happens, all bets are off. But uh, there's our picks, and uh, that's it for the, this week. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be my, I want to say, fifth straight. And uh, I've been to a lot of them over the years. Went to a lot of them as a fan growing up in South Georgia and, and got a chance to kind of be involved in those. And they're, they're, it's just a special thing. Where's your Friday night meal, Jake? Uh, I'm trying to decide right now, man. It's either going to be two dudes seafood or Taco Lou, one of the, one of the two. I knew you were going to let me down there. Both of them sound great. Yeah, Taco, Taco Lou probably – I'll probably go two dudes seafood because Taco Lou is my post-game meal um uh, after the game i usually get there about 30 minutes before they close knock down a few dos equis and uh and and have a few tacos that filet mignon taco to ten dollar taco uh is uh is on point it's the best so uh and, and then on the way down i hit brian's uh giant subs in dublin i actually take a little bit of a longer trip down just to hit brian's in dublin because that that's legit too but uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat. I'm going to gain a few pounds, drink a few beers. It's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, I, I can't wait to cover it. Can't wait to see what it's going to be like down there. It's going to be different, but it's it's still always special there on the banks of the St. John's River, and we'll have it covered for you over at Dogs 24-7. We'll see you Sunday. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. There, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. And as always, you guys take it easy. 